I got pregnant and I could no longer do the career that I had had for almost 11 years at that point. I wasn't able to perform in Dance with the Stars that season and that was kind of the first time where everything with dance came to a halt, which was definitely a big shock for me. If you're not staying true to yourself, then I don't think you're being successful because you're not gonna be happy, you're not gonna feel content and you're not gonna be doing what you're meant to be doing. My name's Mimi Bouchard, founder of Superhuman, the transformational app that helps you become your future self so that you can finally start attracting more joy, abundance, health, wealth, and love into your life. And that's also my mission on this podcast. Meet people whose lives have been transformed in big and small ways, but always for the better. They tell me how they did it so that you can too. Hello, Lindsay. Welcome to the show. I'm super excited for our conversation today. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for having me. I cannot wait for our chat. So thank you again. Firstly, Lindsay, you are a champion dancer, a new mom, and you've been in the public eye for a long time. Let's kick things off by (laughs) talking about how you manage to balance all of these roles so gracefully. What is the secret? (laughs) Honestly, the fact that you're saying that is the secret because it's all an illusion. (laughs) Just, I feel like honestly, right now at my phase of my life, it's like, you kind of just got to fake it till you make it. I'm literally running off of an hour and a half of sleep last night. Both of my kids decided to just not sleep. So that's, what's so crazy about this is you ask me every day and I would have a different response to this. And I think the biggest thing is when it comes to juggling all the things, you just got to take it a day at a time and just do the best that you can and not put too much pressure on yourself to be perfect because trust me, like nothing about motherhood working all the things is going to look perfect. But yeah, that's my response for today. <laughs> I love the honesty and let's be real. Like everyone that from the outside, it seems like everything is perfect. There's always, there's always things that they don't necessarily. Oh, that is the truth. And I think like understanding that everybody's in that same position. Like I think sometimes when you're in the thick of the craziness and you're like, oh my gosh, am I the only one who doesn't have it all together? No, you're not. Everybody doesn't have it all together. Some days are better than others. And just like really just doing the best that you can is the only way to juggle it all in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. So you're a professional dancer. You love wellness. Let's stay on the vein of motherhood here. How has becoming a mom influenced or changed your approach to dance and wellness? Well, honestly, becoming a mom changed my whole life in the best way. I was so excited to be a mom. It was something that I knew I wanted to do. We definitely waited until we were ready to have kids and kind of had lived the things that we wanted to do before having kids. So I'm really grateful for that. We were so ready, so ready for all the changes that it would bring. And it brought a lot of changes. First and foremost, like you said, like, I'm a dancer. That's been my life since I was three years old. That was all I knew. That was all I did. And I was doing that all the way up until I had kids. During my first pregnancy, that was like the first time where I had really had to take a step back from dancing because obviously I was pregnant. So I wasn't able to perform in Dance with the Stars that season. And that was kind of the first time where everything with dance came to a halt, which was definitely a big shock for me. Like I was ready for it, but it still was shocking because that was just my whole life. That was how I moved my body. That was my profession. That was my passion. That was just kind of everything to me. And so it was a big life shift when I initially took that first season off of Dancing with the Stars. So I would say that was the biggest way that it changed kind of my relationship with dancing and the relationship with my body. Because while I was pregnant, I had to find new ways of movement. I had to 
I had to kind of find new things that I was passionate about that I loved that were possible for me to do during pregnancy. Mm -hmm. So a big shift there. And then since then, I've actually kind of, you know, I've had two kids now. I'm pretty much officially done like doing the whole dancing thing, at least for this time being. So it definitely shifted my relationship and my, my connection to dancing. Yeah. So what were some of the unexpected challenges that you faced balancing motherhood with such a high profile career? Uh, I think the biggest thing was, like I just said, kind of affecting my career. Like I really did. I got pregnant and I could no longer do the career that I had had for almost 11 years at that point. Now that's not to say that it was a bad thing because I was ready. I knew that it's not like it shocked me that I couldn't do it, but that was a huge thing. And understanding like, okay, this is what I, this was this phase of my life for such a long time. And now we're moving into kind of a new chapter. Now that's not, that doesn't mean that like I can't pursue passions and I can't go after what I love to do, but it's just going to look a little bit different. So that's where a lot of things shifted for me. And honestly, I'm so grateful for it because not only did I get to take this really fun jump into a new phase of life, becoming a mom, but I really found a lot of new things that I'm passionate about. For example, that's when I started my workout program, the movement club. That's when I really started to dive in all these new like ventures that I've been wanting to do for such a long time, but I was so focused on dance that I didn't really have time for it. So in one way, it's like, motherhood kind of shifted me away from one career path and kind of guided me into another really interesting one that was a little bit more cohesive with this new phase of life that I'm in. Right. And I bet that there was almost a slight relief maybe when that pressure of needing to be at the top of your game with dancing all the time, physically and mentally, constantly needing to be training and at the top of your game. Like I bet there was a relief that came with that for a moment, just slowing down after, like you said, 11 years of having this as your life. Absolutely. Like I think when you're in it, you don't realize how intense and demanding it is because it's just all you know. Like that's the truth. That was all I knew. That was the only job and career path I had ever had. So that's what I just thought was normal. Being completely stressed out 90% of the time, working hard, not only like mentally working, but physically working hard the entire time you're working your job. And I know a lot of people have jobs like that. It's just interesting how when you're in it, I feel like you don't recognize it. And then when you take a step back, like once I got pregnant and I had a season off, I was like, wow, first of all, I kind of missed that demand because my body was so used to it. So I remember being like, this feels so strange that I'm just chilling and like hanging out. It was also the the first time I got pregnant was the middle of COVID. So it was also like everything was just shut down. So it was a big shift for me, a big mental shift of understanding like this is what I'm doing. And right now I'm literally creating life. So it's okay if I rest. It's okay if I take time to recover. But just like you said, it's like it was a relief, but then also a little bit of a stress just because like I said, it's all I knew. So it was a really, I had to honestly more get used to the fact of like, it's okay to be still. It's okay to take a pause. It's okay to have this time to literally grow a human with your body. So it was a mental shift of like feeling relief that I wasn't working and doing all the things, but then also having to like come to terms with that and be like, that's okay. This is this time of life. And this is what I need to do right now. Right. And like, as a profession, dance is such a physically demanding thing to do because obviously your career was tied to your body and your body image and and your art. But did you ever have like body confidence struggles, you know, it being so focused on how you look? I'd love to know a bit about that because I feel like if my whole career was showing my body all the time, a lot would come up. Yeah. I think that is something that 
I've actually talked about a lot about more lately because now mm-hmm. that I'm older and I feel like I can kind of look back on things and yeah. see how it all played out. Cause like I said, when you're in it, you don't know any different, but now that I've kind of stepped back, I have daughters now that I'm thinking about that with, and I'm starting to see some of the areas where like it did affect me, but I think it goes back to Like I said, I was a dancer my entire life, started at three years old, which meant from three years old on, I was dancing in front of a mirror in ballet tights and leotards, tiny little costumes. And I'm very grateful because a lot of people ask if I had a lot of issues when I was younger with body image issues. And I am very grateful. Everybody's experience is very different growing up as a dancer. But I personally didn't. For me, I think the biggest thing was like, I'd get frustrated with myself if I wasn't flexible enough, if I wasn't the most flexible in the room, if I wasn't able to perform all the different things that other people were doing, like that's where I feel like I beat myself up. But I don't think body image and like the way I looked and the shape that my body was in didn't really come into play until actually I started in TV. And that's where I feel like it started to really affect me. And this is because Social media is huge now. I mean, also, if you think about it, I don't know how old you are, but for me growing up, social media was not a thing until I was like 16 years old. Same. I'm 27. How old are you? I'm 29. So you're similar. Like you had the same. So it's like, and even when it started, it was so small. It was like Instagram and you only posted random photos. Like you weren't posting like your best (laughs) selfies and your bikini shots. Like that was not happening. So I feel like we didn't have, which I'm so grateful for. And I think that's why I didn't feel that until a little bit older. But I didn't really have that like insecurity growing up. But yeah, go out to LA. I'm on TV. I have a social media following. People are following me. People have comments. People have opinions on every little thing that I do. And not only am I out in the public eye dancing on television, but I'm dancing on television in skimpy little costumes every single week. And I was very aware of how my body looked. I I wouldn't say that I got like, I'm grateful that I don't think I ever got like in the deep trenches of like body insecurity and body dysmorphia in any way. And I'm grateful for that because I know a lot of people deal with that, but it was tough because I would literally dance and then I could go on and read what everybody thought of me. And I have a million comments of people just making their opinions about my body and the way I looked. And it's hard, especially as a woman, like There were weeks where I was on my period and extra bloated. Then there's people commenting, asking, oh, is she pregnant? Like, I remember once I got married, every other month people were like, is that a baby bump I see? I'm like, oh my goodness. But that's unfortunately what comes with being in the public eye is people sharing their opinion. Not that I think it's okay that we have to just accept it, but that's just how it goes. So I think it wasn't until I really like kind of became a public figure that that's something that I even really started to think about and have to like work through in my brain mentally. Yeah. That is the most annoying comment that I see online is asking women, oh, are you pregnant? And first of all, you have no idea if that person is trying to be pregnant and can't get pregnant. You have no idea if this person just had a miscarriage. You have no idea if this person has like severe body dysmorphia and that one comment puts them into a spiral. It is so just insensitive and I cannot stand it. So I'm with you. That is the worst. Never comment on a woman being pregnant or not. I'm like, and you'll find out if I am like, eventually (laughs) you will like, just wait. Like, why do you have to say it? Like, and you can think it if you want, because guess what? I'm probably thinking it too. I probably woke up this morning or that morning. It was like, oh my gosh, I'm so bloated. I look like I'm pregnant, but I don't need you to tell me that. Like, I don't need you to comment on it, but that is like one of many things that people feel comfortable commenting on, which is just really sad, but it's, it's the, it's kind of the, 
day and age that we're in with social media and it's scary and I hope that it gets better for our children. I like think about my daughters all the time and think of them having to deal with comments like that. It actually makes me sick to my stomach. So I hope that we can all get better, but I don't know how that happens. When I have kids, I want to go live on a farm somewhere and not have any Wi-Fi or technology. I know. I know. Everyone's like, are you going to let your kids have social media? I'm like, oh, no, I don't want them to. But then, of course, you don't want to be the parents that, like, don't let your kids do anything. So it's like, oh, believe me, I think about this all the time. Me and my husband are like, we're going to have to figure something out because it's stressful. It is. It's at its worst right now. And because it's so new, the amount of consumption that everyone spends on on their phone every day, because that's such a new thing, we don't really realize the repercussions. Like we don't understand how damaging this really is for our brains, for our mental health, for our physical health and our body image. Like it's so bad. And it really, really is. There, I don't know what's going to happen in the future, but there's something needs to give because imagine life kept going on like this. Everyone's addicted to their phones. I think, honestly, I, t- I tell you right now, I predict in the next 10 years, there's going to be like an AA community, but like not for alcohol, but yes. for social media use. <laughs> I could totally, and also like for, I know like a huge thing for kids right now is like also like gaming and like yes. that kind of thing. Like I just feel like electronic AA is going to be a thing. Yes. Like you're so right. Like any form of electronics, whatever it is. Cause yeah, it's addicting. It is. And I mean, I'll be the first to admit there are times where I'm like, whoa, Lindsay, get off your phone take a chill. Like it's hard. It sucks you right in. It really does. It knows exactly how to pull you in, how to get you interested and then how to get you also kind of stressed out of your mind. It's just, it's crazy. It's, it's, yeah, it's really hard. It really is. (laughs) The truth is these people at these companies like Instagram and TikTok and Facebook and all these companies, they, they literally have like hundreds or if not thousands of people on their team that their their main goal is to figure out how to make the product more addictive right uh, like that's so it's, scary yeah. it's really scary yeah so you know Please. social media aside you rose to fame quite quickly being on TV so tell me a bit about what that was like for you and blowing up so quickly especially you know as a dancer this is like a dream for so many dancers is to be on one of these TV shows tell me a yeah. bit about your experience with that Honestly, I'm so grateful because I had a really pretty good experience and I'm going to credit that all to my family and then my husband. He was my boyfriend when we, like we were dating when we first started. We actually started dating our junior year of high school. So he was with me through everything in my career. And I really believe that they are the only reason that I stayed sane, that I stayed true to myself and that I didn't kind of let all the things get to me and make me feel some type of way because that can happen so easily, especially when you're young. Like I got my first kind of professional gig when I was 18. It was So You Think You Can Dance, first time dancing on television, first time like being in the public eye, social media is blowing up, getting lots of followers on Instagram. And I just think like, I just think back to that. I'm like, it would have been so easy for me in my 18 year old mind to just be like, I am so cool, become super cocky, change who I was, try to like fit into different crowds. And I think because my family, my husband, boyfriend at the time, like they all still lived here in Utah. I'd always come back and visit. They would come down and visit me and they were always very supportive of me, but they never treated me differently. Cause that's another thing too. I think the people you surround yourself with have a huge effect on how your life plays out. In fact, I don't think that I know that. And they never treated me any different. They never let me, let me get away with things just because I was now like famous, I guess. And just really kind of reminded me like, you're still Lindsay. You're still going to be the same person to us. Nothing has changed. And 
that was not only very comforting because it can be very scary to be in the pub guy, have all these opinions, like I said, but really just honing in on the fact that like the only people and the only opinions that matter are the ones that from the people that you love and staying true to who you are is the only way to gain success. And truly, like, I mean, that it might not mean that you get every job that you want to get, but if you're not staying true to yourself, then I don't think you're being successful because you're not going to be happy. You're not going to feel content and you're not going to be doing what you're meant to be doing. So that was kind of how that went for me. I mean, of course there were times where there were a lot of times actually where maybe I didn't get the job that I thought I needed or I was told I wasn't good enough or I got cut in an audition. And of course those thoughts of like, okay, well, what do, who do I need to be to get these jobs, to get these, these auditions? And I start to maybe try to change myself or consider thinking like, oh, do I need to act like this? But I'm really grateful that I had people there that kept me in line and were like, no, if you change yourself, then you're not going to be happy. And then you don't want that job anyway. So that's kind of, I think the biggest saving grace for me, because it truly would have been so easy. Like Hollywood is crazy. Being in the public eye is crazy. Being young and having success is dangerous. It's incredible, but it also can be very dangerous can get to your head very, very quickly. And that it seems like you have such a great head on your shoulders and your family kept you very grounded, which is incredible and so lucky. Dancing competitively and professionally for years is exhausting, I can imagine. How did you keep that passion alive? And this advice that you're about to give or your take on this that that you're about to share with the audience – could really be translated into any profession, like dancing, entrepreneurship, writing, painting, whatever this person, you know, listening wants, you know, whatever they're doing, their passion, you successfully created a career for, and you had it and you still have it for, for something incredibly difficult to, to reach that 1% mark. How did you keep the passion alive? Like, how did you keep going? Tell me your relentlessness. This is a really good question because this was not perfect for me. I think this was one of my toughest things. And that was just keeping like the spark alive because I think everybody has this differently. So like I said, I grew up dancing. It was what I loved to do. I danced from the ages of three to 18, didn't make a cent, didn't do it because it was my job, didn't do it for any other reason because other than just, I loved it. Like it was my passion. It was what I loved to do. Of course, there was those teenage teenage years when I'm like, I want to go hang out with my friends. And my mom really encouraged me to stick with it. You don't quit. You start something, you stick with it. But I loved it. I did it because I loved it. Then cut to me graduating high school. And now dance has become my profession. It's how I make money. It's how I provide for myself. But it's still also my passion, but it's a job. I have responsibilities. I have people who rely on me. I have the world looking at me, literally. Um, I'm being judged on television. I just, I have a lot of my shoulders now. It's not, it's no longer just show up to a dance class, dance because it's fun, maybe go to some competitions and then that's it. It's, I am now responsible for every single aspect of this career, this passion of mine. And that's tough. It's hard sometimes to hold on to your passion when it becomes a career with responsibility and things that you have to do that are sometimes hard and not really fun. Let's be honest. On the other side, though, I am really grateful that my career is my passion because I think that is a huge driving force through those moments of like, this is difficult. But I think the biggest thing that was motivating for me and it might not sound like it's like motivation is in those times where I'm doubting myself or I feel like I can't go on any further was just leaning into the things that made me feel most like myself. 
not worrying about those little things that maybe other people are getting or other successes that people are having and really leaning in and finding what I like, what I'm passionate about. Because if you're sitting there comparing yourself to everybody else and what they're doing, you're never going to be happy. And everybody else's journey is not yours. And what's right for them is not going to be right for you. So I think in those moments where I was either doubting myself, like, why am I even doing this? Or I don't have passion for it anymore. Or I'm not as successful as others. Or I wish I had that. I wish I had this was just really focusing on, okay, what am I good at? What do I love to do? And really leaning into those things. And anytime I did that and kind of checked in with myself, I feel that it propelled me forward in such a great way. And then the next thing is to listen to yourself because for example, when it came time to like the year before we decided to have kids, it was kind of at a really pivotal moment in my career where I felt like I had been on the show for a really long time. I'd had this incredible run, but my mind started to crave some more things, crave some different things. And for a while, I really pushed it away because it freaked me out. It freaked me out to do anything different, to veer anywhere off of this path that I was on. But I just had this like itch in my head. I knew I'm like, there's something more for me. There's something that's going to be even more fulfilling and give me exactly what I need. But it was scary. Eventually I listened to it and I'm like, it's time. It's time for me to slow down and have kids. I don't know what that means for my career, but it is time to do this. And I had to listen. I had to trust my gut. And when I say that, I think this has been the biggest slowing down and having kids has become the best thing for me, myself, my career. And it was a scary thing. It was a really scary thing to kind of shift my mindset. So I think a big, a big like piece of advice that I would get is to listen to your gut, like truly listen to your gut. Even though maybe you're on a slow and steady path or you're on a steady, perfect path that seems great and something that you always wanted, if something's pulling you in another direction and you feel like it's actually a, like a true feeling, like go after it because you never know what it's going to bring. And I think it just consistently pushes you to keep working hard and trying new things. And I'm really grateful that I did because since having kids, my career has blossomed into so many different avenues that if you would have told me, no, if you would have told me five years ago what I was doing right now, I would never believe it. I'd be like, there's no way, like, no, there's no way that you're doing those things. But it's, I feel so like, I feel so content where I'm at. And so I'm really grateful that I kind of listened to those little voices in my head. And even though it was scary and unsure, and there was no guarantee at all, I just, I went for it. Yeah, absolutely. Good for you. And Tell us a little bit about what you're doing now. I know you're incredibly into wellness. You have your platform. Tell us about your career today. Yeah. So like I said, I got pregnant. Um, it was the first season I wasn't going to be on Dancing with the Stars, which was very scary because it's all I knew. And a big part of that was like, that's how I moved my body for like, gosh, 26 years of my life. Like that's like been my thing. So really trying to find ways, because not only was dance my passion mentally and all the fun things that come with it, but it was really like my outlet physically as well. It was such a relief for me to be able to get on the, like to just go to a dance class or get on the dance floor and dance. It helped me work through emotions. It helped me get my physical activity in. Now I'm pregnant. There's not really anywhere for me to dance. And I'm like, how do I want to move my body? How do I want to find this like physical outlet? Cause it's been such a big part of my life. And that's when I started, it was also COVID, like I said, so no gyms were open. I wasn't going anywhere. I was stuck at home. I'm like, there's gotta be some programs that like fit this for me. And to be honest, I didn't really find anything that I felt like was right for me. I was just 15 weeks pregnant. I was kind of just like 
very unsure of, first of all, what was safe to do with my body while pregnant? Because this is my first time being pregnant. I know nothing. So much is changing. My abs are disappearing. I'm gaining weight. It was a very weird time of life, but like, of course it is because it's pregnancy and that's exactly what's supposed to happen. But it was definitely, it was definitely kind of stressful for me and something that I just felt very unsure of how to move my body and what to do. And I was looking for a program that would support that. And I felt like there wasn't anything out there. It was all either like very intimidating with trainers who were in the best shape of their life and just like everything was perfect. But then also there were some pregnancy programs, but I felt like I still could push myself a little bit. And I didn't know if that was quite right for me either. And I just kind of had this idea. I'm like, I'm sure there's other women who feel like there's not a space for them. And that's kind of what sparked the movement club, which is my fitness program. I started actually filming all of the videos while I was pregnant. It was one of the craziest ideas that I've had. And while I was doing it, I was like, what am I doing? I filmed 40 videos because I wanted to start out the program with 40 workout videos. I started them when I was 20 weeks pregnant. I finished the last one at 36 weeks pregnant. I literally like, I, there were some tears. Then when I say some, I say a lot of tears were shed because it was just, I felt like, I just felt like it, I don't know. I felt like a fraud a little bit because I'm sitting there. I'm like, why am I like, no one's going to want to work out with me. I'm literally actively gaining weight. Like, why would people want to work out with me when I am huge? I feel like a whale. I'm pregnant. But then that was kind of the driving force even more because I'm like fitness, moving your body is not about the way you look. It's not about what's on the scale. It's about just simply moving your body because it feels good. It helps you mentally, physically, all the things. And so all the doubts that I had were also the driving force for why I wanted to create this program. And I create a program that is literally for anybody. It will meet you wherever you're at at your fitness level, which was my goal, because like I said, at the time I was pregnant, but I wanted a program that works for anyone. If you're pregnant, you are at the top of your fitness game. You've never worked out a day in your life. Maybe you're postpartum and it has evolved to so much more. Like I said, I started out with those 40 videos. I've added new videos every single week. And since then it's been really fun. I got my certified personal trainer license. I got pre and postnatal um, fitness certified. I created an entire pregnancy program within my last pregnancy. So I had my second daughter in May and I always knew I wanted to do this. I'm like, next time I get pregnant, I want to film an in real time pregnancy program so that people can work out with me while I'm pregnant and they can follow along through their pregnancy. So it guides women from weeks four through 40 of their pregnancy with weekly schedules, everything. And I'm literally doing it with you. Like when I'm filming my week 12 workouts, I'm 12 weeks pregnant. It was one of the coolest things ever because I just was really, I wish that I had had that when I was pregnant the first time around. So it was really cool to create that for others. And I'm actively working on my postpartum program that will be filmed also in real time since I am postpartum right now. So it's been so cool to see how it's just gone into so many different avenues. And it's really become what I dreamed it up to be a program that's for everybody at home, no equipment workouts that you can do from anywhere for people who are busy moms like me or just busy women in general and want to fit a workout in whenever they can and just feel good about themselves with no expectations and no intimidation to join. That's incredible. And I love the idea of it being real time because it just creates this like community feel, you know? Yes. I love that. Absolutely. 
All right, let's talk discipline for a moment because this is something we all want more of. I know, me too. I'm on the same page. Currently, I am doing a little health kick challenge with myself and a girlfriend. We are essentially working out every day and eating super clean and feeling motivated and meditating. We're essentially being our best selves. And I want to tell you about a product that really helps me stay disciplined. It like honestly changes my brain chemistry and I can't not tell you about it. So this is the Peak Power pre-workout drink from Organifi. I don't even use it just before working out. I use it if I need a little pick-me-up. I'm not really drinking coffee anymore. Coffee doesn't even give me energy anymore at this point. I'm so over coffee, it makes me crash. So I've been really into more of these sustainable energy and no jittery crash type of drinks that are all organic and natural. And one of those is definitely the Peak Power Drink by Organifi. It tastes like lemonade and I actually drink it before I need to sit down and do a couple hours of work of course I love to drink it right before I go to the gym and work out whenever I'm needing a boost it genuinely just brings discipline into my energy field if that makes sense no but I'm being serious like after having it within 10 minutes you just feel reinvigorated you're excited you're energized you're feeling like you want to go do a ton of things so I would highly suggest if you are needing a boost try the peak power drink from Organifi and you guys know I've been a lover of Organifi for years now so we have partnered up you guys can get 20% off your entire order at Organifi if you head to www.organifi.com forward slash Mimi that is O-R-G-A nifi.com forward slash Mimi and use the code Mimi for 20% off anything, including the peak power drink. And while you're at it, definitely go grab the vegan protein powders they have. They're so good. I have them in my smoothie every morning. And while you're at it, the healthy hot chocolate alternative Organifi chocolate gold is so delicious too. And finally, the glow drink. It's amazing for skin. You guys can tell that I'm pretty obsessed with these products. So definitely go take advantage of that 20% off offer and let's get back to the episode. I love the idea of it being real time because it just creates this like community feel, you know? Yes. I love that. Absolutely. So let's talk about wellness. Obviously you're into wellness as a whole, obviously fitness, but wellness, you know, when it comes to health and what you eat and what you think about and, and your personal development practices. Talk me through everything you do wellness-wise that is not fitness-related. Oh, my goodness. Well, like I said, I mean, I kind of hinted at this in the beginning. Life is a bit crazy right now, and I think my wellness routine has shifted so much. If you would have asked me before having my second daughter, it was so fun because I had a daily schedule that I did every single day, and it was always like on time and everything went well. But since having my second daughter, I've really had to shift and adapt how I look at wellness because – there are different phases of life. In some phases, you're going to get hours to yourself in the day to do all the things. Sometimes you might get five minutes. And for me right now, it's usually five minutes. But there's been a couple things that I've really incorporated into my daily routine that I feel like have helped so, so much. So first thing I'm going to do is every morning I try to wake up before my girls. And it's so hard. And this morning that did not happen because we had a rough night last night, but that's okay. I have to also be gentle with myself and understand that like 
some days aren't going to be perfect. Some days aren't going to, you're not going to get all the things, but don't be hard on yourself. But I love to wake up before my girls and do my full kind of skincare morning routine by myself. Sometimes that doesn't work out and my girls are running around being crazy while I'm doing that. But if I can get in like that five, six minutes by myself to just kind of meditate and think about the day ahead, it helps so much. I am a firm believer in mindset and how much it can control your day. I think the older I've gotten, the more I've understood how we truly can control the way that we respond to all the situations that happen in our day. And if we choose at the beginning of the day to take it and say, you know what, today might be crazy. Maybe things won't go the way I planned, but I choose how I respond. And I, at the end of the day, get to decide if this is a good day or a bad day. And every morning I try to set myself up for that. I'm acting like I'm perfect. I am not at all. There are days where I'm like, nope, this day is terrible. And I'm just, I'm over it. But then I really do try to check in with myself. And I found that those mornings where I have that five minutes to myself to just get ready and just be like, okay, What's on the schedule? Where do the girls need to be today? What do I need to get done today? And also kind of prioritizing things like saying, this is my priority of things I need to do. These are some things that are bonus. If I can get to these, awesome. If not, it's not the end of the world. So that's usually how I start my morning. If I get that, it's awesome. Another thing that I've been doing is, especially in the summer, I'm kind of bummed because we I live in Utah. We're heading into winter. It's going to snow. It's going to be freezing and I'm going to have to think of something different. But stepping out into the sunlight first thing in the morning has been huge for me. I remember seeing this on TikTok. I think people call it the circadian rhythm. Yes. Is that yeah. Okay. See, I don't even know all the details of it. I just know that people do it and they say it works and I'm like, I'm going to go for it. I started doing that at the start of summer and it has been such a game changer because that's just another moment for me to step out by myself and just collect my thoughts, collect my energy, collect my mood. It's literally maybe I can get out there for like a minute to two minutes, but that's been huge for me. Just stepping into the grass, letting the sunlight hit me for a couple minutes and then proceeding with my day. Um, obviously a huge part of my wellness is moving my body. So any way that I can get to that in the day is huge. Um, whether it's five minutes, 30 minutes, just something, even if it's just a little stretch, like I just have found that that always really helps me manage my stress in a much better way. So doing that, I started, I don't know, I'm sure you've heard of AG1. Yes. Yes. Have you tried it yet? No, I'm an Organifi greens kind of girl. Okay. You got your I greens think, then. Okay. I think it tastes better, but you know, I love a greens drink in the morning. Personally. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that I was so not about that. Like I used to make smoothies every single morning, but I kind of veered away from that. Now I have my AG1 every morning. I committed to it the beginning of summer. I'm like, I have to drink this every day for a month. And if after the month, I don't notice anything, then we can, we can get rid of it. Oh my gosh. It's, it's crazy like when you stick to it. Like you just feel so much more energized. Yes. You're getting so many vitamins in, in the morning. Like it's crazy. Yeah. When I stick to my greens in the morning, it's like a game changer. It really is. So that's been huge for me. Like a little thing that I never would have done probably a couple of years ago because I'd be like, there's no way this is actually working. No, it's actually incredible. So that's been a huge thing for me too. I don't know. Those are, I feel like most of my wellness routine moments happen in the morning because the day yeah. is just kind of crazy. And then bedtime is crazy. I have a newborn who is still in our room with us. So that kind of cuts out any nighttime rituals, at least for me. I'm hoping within the next couple of weeks, we'll get her to her crib and I can have some like peaceful evenings. But that's kind of where we're at right now. And I think the biggest thing for me is just knowing that not every day is going to be perfect and just doing what you can. And that's better than nothing. 
Couldn't agree more. When you were saying that you do like your me time skincare routine, I was thinking you need to try these skincare, like getting ready meditations on Superhuman. I feel Ooh. like we sent you, I, I need to send you a membership because it's Wait, my- Wait, yes, I do have it. I do yeah. have it. Okay, yes. well, you need to try the okay, getting tell ready. tell me which one I need to do. The getting ready in the morning ones. Like they're the easiest thing to just plug okay. on and it like sets you up for the most amazing mindset for the rest of the day. And like, you just listen to it in the background of your life. You're just like, oh, okay, wow, I feel completely different. I'm not even actively doing anything. I'm just listening to something. And we have like skincare ones, getting ready in the morning ones. You got to try it. You got to try it. Oh my gosh, I'm going to do this. I literally am. Because there are some times when I'm up in the morning doing my skincare and I find myself just in a daze or like thinking (laughs) about something random. And I'm like, wait, 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 I'm wasting time. Come on. So that would help me so much stay on track. I'm going to do that for sure. It's like habit stacking. It's basically just habit stacking. Like get your meditation and your skincare at the same time. (laughs) I'm all about multitasking. That is life for me right now. Like how many things can I get done in this five minutes that I have to myself? (laughs) Well, I guess like as having a newborn, like that's insane. Like I can't imagine how hard that is. Like I just got a puppy and that's like a fraction. Puppies are hard. They are hard, (laughs) but like a baby obviously is way harder. And like, I am exhausted. How are you doing it? (laughs) I mean, there it's hard. It really is. This is my second time doing it. So I feel like again, I'd go back to mindset. The second time around has definitely been easier. Not because my baby's a better sleeper or because I'm getting more rest. In fact, I'm probably getting less rest because when my newborn slept during the day, I would go take a nap because I didn't have a toddler running around everywhere. But now it's like, I've got the two. So I am, I'm definitely busier. I'm definitely more tired. I'm definitely not getting as much sleep, but I feel like the mindset and the perspective of knowing what you're doing really, really helps. Like the experience that came from my first is really helping me this time around. I think even just simply like knowing that there will be a time that I will sleep through the night. I think with my first, it was so scary because I'm sitting there and I genuinely thinking to myself, like, am I ever going to sleep again? Because you just don't know. And you've never experienced it. You've never seen the light at the end of the tunnel. So you don't believe it's actually there. But this time around, like, I know it's there. I know I'll sleep again. I know we'll get into a routine. And this is such like a short phase of life that I really, this time around, I'm trying to cherish every moment. Cause I remember like my daughter, my first daughter started sleeping through the night again. And I remember it was like six or seven months. I used to get really sad and be like, wait, I miss our nighttime cuddles. I miss our nighttime breastfeeding sessions. Like you're going to miss it. So just enjoy it while it's here and it will be over. It will end. That's what I try to tell all like first time moms, but it's hard. It's hard to have that perspective until you've actually gone through it. But this time around, I think it's helping me through because I know it's a short-lived process, a short-lived period of time, and we'll get through it. But definitely have those days where I'm exhausted. And that is one of, today I'm feeling it. We'll probably crash around like two and just be like, oh my gosh. But so far we're good. Yeah, you're doing great, honestly, for an hour and a half of sleep. You're doing pretty Thank amazing. <laughs> Fake it till you make it. That is my yeah. that is like my main goal in life right now. <laughs> oh, well, you're doing very well, Lindsay. Fake Thank it till you. you make it. It seems it, you're killing it. So it's the working. Next, <laughs> it's working. The next topic I want to dive into with you is like your relationship with your husband. You mentioned that you guys were together since school, since high yeah. school, was it? Yeah. Wow. So like was, how do you keep the spark alive after so long? And like, tell me any relationship tips. I want to know all of it. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, yes, we've been dating since our junior year in high school. 
it's so crazy looking back at that actually, because we were just little babies, but it was so fun. And I think it's interesting because a lot of people are like shocked that I'm married to the person I was dating in high school. And I think it can go one of two ways. You either like when you're dating someone young, you guys either grow apart or you grow together. And me and my husband, we really just grew together. We did long distance for a long time while I was out doing my career. And that could have totally like separated us and put us in different directions. But like we both equally were able to pursue our own things, but like still grow together and support each other. I think the biggest thing with marriage so far for us is just having that friendship is so important. I think there's kind of like not enough emphasis on truly being best friends with your spouse. I think that is the biggest thing because the spark will come and go, if I'm being honest. Like that is the truth, especially when you have kids. There will be times where you are just so exhausted there. You can't even think about being romantic or doing anything romantic with each other because you're exhausted. You have kids. You either have a newborn, you're postpartum, you're pregnant. Like there's so many different phases of life, but being best friends is something that can always be relevant. And I think that that is truly the key to like a successful marriage is being best friends and having your spouse be the person that you go to for everything. And that means not going to your best friend and your best girlfriend and ragging on your husband. Like your husband is your person and the person that you talk to about everything and you confide in about everything. And I think that friendship will get you through those times where maybe the spark is a little bit dim because it happens. It does. And I think the other thing is knowing that that's okay. And that's normal. I think it can be so, I think society can put this huge pressure on the fact that like, if you don't have this insane romantic spark with your husband at all times, then your marriage must be failing and you guys must not love each other. And that's not the case at all either. We all go through different phases. And I think it's totally normal for things to have highs and have lows and not put pressure on yourself. The last piece of advice that I would give is to like, a lot of people ask, what's the advice you would give to people who are about to get married? And I think something that I would say is to know that like, because I think when you're in the dating phase, you you feel like, okay, I always have an out. Like if we get in a really, really bad fight, it's not that serious because if I just want to leave, I can just be done. But when you get married, fights can become a little bit more intense. Like if you disagree about something, you can make it feel like it's the end of the world because you're like, I'm stuck with this person and this is the fight that we're having. But I think if you understand nothing is the end of the world when it comes to fighting. Now, of course, I'm not talking about like intense fights or things that are definitely very serious, but I just remember the first like year of marriage thinking like, oh my gosh, we're stuck. Like if we disagree on something, then our marriage is going to fail and it's okay to disagree. It's okay to have moments where the spark isn't as crazy as it maybe was. Just know that like, just like a relationship, it's going to ebb and flow and just to rely on each other through it all. And try to, you know, see the best in each other and assume the best out of the other person is going to be really helpful through all the different phases that you go through. But then of course, like, I think there are some things that you could do to keep the spark alive. And that's to put your phones down when you're with each other, get into bed at night and don't just turn on the TV, talk about your days, ask each other how each other is doing. And for us as parents, I think one thing that we really try to do, which now that I'm saying this, I'm like, we need to go on a date this week is we try to do at least one date night a week, whether that's going out somewhere or literally just putting the kids to bed and watching a movie together and cuddling with some popcorn. Just try to dedicate at least one moment or hour or night of your week to each other. And I think it will really help a lot with all of that. Such great tips. I absolutely love that. So I want to jump into our quick fire question round. What is your 
ultimate pump up song? Ooh, okay. Love on Top by Beyonce. That's been my fave since I was in high school. And I don't really listen to it often anymore, but anytime it's on, it pumps me up and I'm like, I feel incredible. Oh, love that. Who's the first person you call when you need life advice? My husband. (laughs) What is your favorite meal after a long day? Oh, gosh, that's hard. I'm a big foodie. So this could change every day. I love me some pasta though. Pasta and Mm -hmm. pizza. Especially if I've had a very active day, I'm just like, give me all the carbs I can get. So definitely that. (laughs) Amazing. Uh, Book or Netflix? Ooh, Netflix. I wish I was a reader, but I'm just not. I really need to get into it. I want to get into my reading era, but I just don't think it's for me right now. (laughs) Get a Kindle because it makes it really fun to read and then start reading steamy romance novels. And trust me, you're going to get to Netflix. Yeah. I've kind of, I'm in that era. (laughs) I'm in my like kinky romance novel era and it's like really weird, but I'm into it. Hey, no, it's not weird. You go for it, girl. I'm all about it. I just need to actually like commit and do it because you're right. I feel like I'd get, I would get hooked. I just need to actually start it. And I think I'm a little bit scared of getting hooked to be honest, because when I get hooked, I'm hooked. So I'm like, maybe, yeah, I'm like, when is the right time for that? I know (laughs) it's actually commitment because like I'm the same type of personality. Like when I start a book, like I read it within like 24 to 48 hours. So it's like, like, when do I have a chunk of time? Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. Okay. Your top three non-negotiable self-care routines. Ooh, okay. Have to wash my face and do my whole skincare routine before bed. I have never been a person who's been able to fall asleep with makeup on or an unwashed face. No. Like when people do that, I'm like, how do you even fall asleep? Like I can't. Next thing is um, I have to have shaved legs. They have to be like very smooth before bedtime. I am so weird about like prickles on bed sheets. It is the worst. Luckily, I've started getting laser hair removal on my legs. So that's eliminated that. I now can go like a week before I have to shave, but like prickly legs in jeans or on bed sheets is like an absolute no for me. So that's one. Um, hmm. I love that. I feel the same, but I've never even like thought about it, but yes, I agree. Right. It's like the worst. And I feel like, I don't know, maybe everyone's like that, but for me, I'm like, no, that is absolute. I have to shave my legs before. No, like I Um, I still like live with it, but I like, I hate how it feels. (laughs) Right. I know. I think that was me too, as I lived with it for so long, but then eventually I'm like, or I could just hop in the shower and shave my legs for two minutes and feel a million times better. Yeah. I know you're so right. You're so right. Your greens in the morning. Yes, my greens in the morning. Thank you. You know me better than myself now. You know. (laughs) I just get to know my best so well. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. You're right, though. Greens in the morning. There's my third. All right. What's your favorite way to move your body right now in this phase of your life? Ooh, okay. I mean, dance is always there, but I'm not currently doing that right now. My favorite type of workout is like a Pilates-based movement. Now, just no equipment Pilates movement. I love it. It feels really good, especially on my postpartum body right now. Like I'm still healing. I'm still getting back into shape. And I feel like that's like the smoothest and softest, but also still really effective. Amazing. Well, I have one last question for you, Lindsay. I love talking about creating our ultimate future selves, our ultimate life. So 10 years from now, what does your ultimate life look like for you? If everything went right and you are living in your highest potential, what does your life look like 10 years from now? 
Oh my goodness. That's exciting. Well, I hope in 10 years I have all of my kids. We want to have at least one more, potentially two more. So I would hope that we would have our full complete family, which means I will be out of that phase of life of like getting pregnant postpartum, which is such a beautiful phase, but I am excited for that to be kind of done and just have my awesome children all here with me. So family wise, that's, that's there. Um, my husband and I would love to build our own home, build our dream home, get a nice big piece of property. Like I said, take my kids to a farm and cut off social media for the whole entire, like forever. (laughs) Just kidding. Not really that, but that's another dream. And then career wise, I really hope to grow the movement club to just expand our members, expand everything about the platform potentially even like start bringing on more people, more instructors, and just really growing that. That is my dream. I hope that I can continue to grow that and continue to just bring people into this club with us. Um, I also really want to start a couple things on my own. I've been very passionate about starting a kid's line. Um, I want to start doing some kids like hair accessories, hair products. And that's something that I'm going to start working on in the next little bit. So I would, if that all goes well, I hope that in 10 years, that is like a flourishing, successful business for me and my family. Also, I think that I just, I hope I'm content and I hope that my girls, and I mean, I think about in 10 years, my first daughter will be almost 13 years old. That is so crazy. But I just hope that they are in a place where they can confidently go after their passions and that I've been able to raise them in a good way. And I mean, I know I won't be done raising them in 10 years, but that we're all just in a really good space and very just content with where we're at. That is beautiful. I'm so excited for you. It seems like you you are perfectly positioned to just create all of this. And um, yeah, I really appreciate our time together, Lindsay. Where can everyone find you to follow along on your life journey and to see when you buy that farm and if the social media will actually be cut off or not? (laughs) Yes, I'm sure it won't be because you'll probably be following me there. (laughs) You can follow me on Instagram at at Arnold. same thing on TikTok. And then you can follow my workout program at The Movement Club and you can join the program at movementclub.com. You can do a seven-day free trial. So I'd love to have you. Amazing. All right. That is all we have for now. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And if you enjoyed this episode, we have hundreds more like it. So don't forget to subscribe and rate the show to ensure more episodes get targeted to you when you open up your podcast app. Bye for now.